2: I'm down to dunk. And I'm down to dunk. I'm down to dunk.
0: This is J-Dub and I'm down to dunk.
2: I'm Shrefix Alexander and I'm down to dunk. This is Lindy Waters and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muskal and I'm down to dunk. This is J-Will and I'm down to dunk. This is Kenneth Williams and I'm down to dunk. This is Lou Dort and I'm down to dunk. You say, this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. Yeah.
0: <laughs> this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort.
2: <laughs> Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Slack. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, as always, on Wednesdays, this is my good friend, Alex Spears. Alex, oh, what's up? What's up, Andrew? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. The yeah. Thunder coming off a pretty big win yeah, in Atlanta.
3: Second longest winning streak in the league,
2: wow. tied,
3: tied with like 16.
2: Speaking to the parody of the league, this is this music to Adam Silver's ears over here. Uh, I would say that
3: they'd have a chance to have the longest one, but the Lakers, I think, are on a back-to-back tonight against New Orleans, who have the longest streak. Yeah. So New Orleans is probably going to go to five straight. Uh, and- oh, wait. No, they don't. Okay, so we do have a chance. Oh, it's Detroit. They play Detroit. Never mind. No, yeah, oh, yeah. Detroit's been better lately, Andrew. They, they're frisky. They're Detroit's
2: frisky. Been winning some games. I feel night. like this
3: is this is the most frisky time of the season so far. Mm-hmm. Everyone is being frisky. Like Houston's winning like impressive games. You know, beating Phoenix and yeah. I forget who they beat the other night. Uh, Detroit's winning some games. Orlando's not, Orlando's but not. <laughs> but there's a lot of friskiness. The Lakers. <laughs> Winning some games,
2: the the West. So I'm writing a, a show for uh for today for the Athletic NBA show, and I'm just like looking for different topics, and like one of the things that really stands out is just like how clumped up the West is, you know? Yeah,
3: it's it's wild. I I haven't done it yet, but I did want to look back and see like, is this the earliest in a season that you know what is it? Thirteen of the fifteen teams have gotten to double wins. wins. Um, because it is so clumped up, especially if you're just looking at, like, the top 10. Yeah. You know, the playing teams up to Phoenix. I mean, separated by three and a half games. <laughs> and the fact that there's teams just nipping at their heels with Minnesota, OKC, and LA. I mean, yeah. if, if any one of those teams up top has a significant injury and goes on a stretch where, the, you know, like, two and eight in, in, in a 10-game stretch. Like, they're they're screwed.
2: Yeah. Absolutely, you are screwed, and and you go on like a three game win streak, like the Mavs did. Well, I mean, last week we were talking about like, is everything okay with the Mavs? Mavs are gonna be okay? They're gonna miss the That's playoffs, okay. you know? Like, and now they're at seventh; they're just a half a game back of the Clippers at six. Yeah, they're they're they've won some, they've had some really quality wins, but it still feels like, oh, okay, yeah, they're fine. That's all it takes in the West right now. And if it the, is. And if the Thunder like go on and, like, if the Thunder went on like a six game win streak. They'd be the maybe the play-in. Oh, for sure.
3: And not only that, but like th- th- this is one of the reasons why I, I'm enjoying this season. Um, because it feels like OKC being competent is having potential league-wide implications. Because if they do continue winning, I mean, last week we were talking about this stretch starting with the Spurs being a one-and-four stretch, most likely. Yeah. And they're three and oh so They've far won three on three in a row. <laughs> Like, if if they continue doing this, the pressure that is going to be put on some of these teams above them uh-huh. is going to get interesting. And I wonder who pivots because there's a few teams that just can't. Pivot. Yeah. LA, can't, there's no reason to pivot. Yeah. For LA. Apparently, there's no reason to make a trade either. They're just going to live in this limbo forever. Uh, they,
2: they keep like kicking the can down the road a little bit. And I mean, not really but, to their credit, but I guess to their credit, they've played better lately.
3: Yeah. But what I love is that the three teams that you would think would be potentially competitive, but are outside of the plan Minnesota, OKC, and LA. Minnesota and LA have zero reason to pivot because they don't own their picks. Yeah. And then OKC is that third team. And so somebody, and maybe it's the Jazz, like the Jazz have slowly been falling down. They're still good. They're still 14 and 12. Yeah. But they're way closer to being able to pivot and it not seem like a big deal than it seemed like two weeks ago.
2: Yeah. And the Timberwolves are begging them to pivot. Please, please pivot. Please
3: pivot. Somebody <laughs> pivot.
2: You already pivoted by trading us who we thought was like a star right? <laughs> center. But if you'll just pivot one more time for us, please, and make room for us in there, we really need to get in.
3: Oh so, uh, so yeah. So I, I just, I mean, the West is just a blast right now, oh, and I awesome. love that OKC's just sort of involved. They're are a player. It's not like I think they're going to make the play in or anything, or make yeah. the playoffs. Yeah, I, but I just like that it. they're they're in the conversation. They're they ha- they have to be on these teams'
2: minds a little bit. Yeah, I mean, they have a better point differential than the Timberwolves. They have the same yeah. point differential as the Blazers. Yeah, I mean, that's... better than the Clippers. Yeah, the Clippers are weird, aren't they? I mean, you look at They're the Clip- very weird. you look at the Clippers' net rating. The Thunder have a better net rating than the Clippers too. They are um let's see. Yeah, the Clippers are minus 1.4, which is worse than the Lakers and the Thunder.
3: Yeah. Then, you know, their story is all just Kawhi and PG and Kawhi was back for a game and they just won them a game. So Bare
2: barely beat Mason Plumlee and the Hornets. Yeah. <laughs> they needed a buzzer beater. They needed some... They needed so like... A cut. There were, like, two plays down the stretch that really went their way. Um Rozier was on fire in the fourth and almost won them that game. Anyways, you're not here to listen to the Hornets, Clippers. Buzzbeat. We got to talk. We got to go listen to the Buzzbeat podcast. Get out of here. Um We got to talk about this Thunder <clears throat> team, man. They... They beat Trey Young, which is like a whole story in itself. You know, the whole Trey Young saga and his interview was just so, so weird at shoot around before the game. But the Thunder looked awesome and they did it in a very similar fashion to the game before, where Shea's sitting in the fourth. The game is kind of controlled again by Jalen Williams in the bench. And yeah,
3: I thought the, 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 The difference, the juxtaposition of the two lineups that got them back into that game. Because the first one was that group in the third because they were down by 14 points. yeah, And the run starts with Isaiah Joe hitting a three. But the lineup on the court at that time was just Shea and bench shooters. Mm -hmm. And we're going to call Usman a bench shooter because he was hitting his shots shots. that (laughs) night. So for for that one night, he was a bench shooter. But having him, So Shea, Usman, Mike Muscala, Isaiah Joe, Aaron Wiggins. Like the, I don't th- think we've seen that five-man group before, but it, it's it, awesome. It, they, it's, it's impossible that they did. <laughs> yeah, it, it <laughs> is kind of happened. impossible. But the, the difference between what that lineup did – so that lineup I think brought it back to like four Yeah, um, going into the fourth. They played together five minutes. Their offensive rating was 200, so they were like a plus 90 in those minutes. <laughs> On the flip side, then you start the fourth, and it's basically the starters subbing out Shea for Trey Mann. Mm-hmm. That group is a complete opposite. They their defensive rating was like 66. So they just started turning the ball over for the Hawks, preventing the Hawks from doing anything good. And, and, and the Hawks, you know, they were kind of in like this rut offensively uh, during that early part of the fourth. But I just love those two lineups because I don't know if we've seen those exact lineups before. Yeah. And the Shea one in particular, I don't know if Shea's ever been surrounded by that much shooting on the court at one time. Yeah, When you have Muscala, Isaiah Joe, Aaron Wiggins, who, by the way, is shooting 39% from three this year, and then Usman, who, for one night, was nailing them. Yeah. They it, did have that, that was a really fun lineup.
2: They did have that one stretch where they played Lindy Waters and Isaiah Joe and Muscala together.
3: Ooh, that might that might even be more superpowered. Yeah,
2: that was the Bomber. What is what did he call it? Mark called it like the Bomber. The the Bomber team. I don't know. Definitely not that. I can't remember what he called <laughs> it. Something like that. He called uh, the Midwest City Bombers. He called them Midwest City Bombers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought Jang was obvious. I mean, he was great. He made shots. He, you know, his spacing was good, not only from 3, but he kind of knew where to position himself in the dunker spot. Uh, I think that was like early on in the game. That was good. I wish he would dunk it a little harder. You know, just like give me, yeah. some, give me, give me a little, little juice there. Uh,
3: yeah, it's 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 hard to evaluate him offensively because it's like if he makes his shots, it's going to look like a great game. Like yeah. It, yeah, Like yeah. if he makes whatever, do you make three threes in that game? Um, I think that's Like right. yeah, that's yeah. going to be an awesome game. Everything that he did well in that game was in a very limited role um, yeah. where he's just spotting up for wide open threes or ha- positioned himself, like you said, around the basket. I think he got, like, well, he got a dunk that way, but then he got a transition dunk mm-hmm. that way as well, um, which is all great. You saw, though, moments when he tried to do more offensively, he had a couple of like bad turnovers where he's just like dribbling so far out from his body because mm-hmm. his arms are so long. Um and defensively, I like him so much better on the perimeter he, he's he's like such more of a drop of force yeah. whereas I feel like when he's around the rim, he just doesn't provide enough resistance yet like he he just he, oh, no. he bounces off yeah. guys too easily um, and that that'll come with time he's 19 years old, so yeah. I'm not like worried about it. but defensively, I like him a lot more when he's being asked to do stuff on the perimeter, which is hard to do on this team because the way to find him minutes is to play him as a big.
2: Mhm. Yeah, I think I think I mean he is more of a wing. He played as more of a wing um last season, but I don't know. I'm I'm curious to see how that evolves too cuz Poku when he came over was more of a wing as well. Even like last yeah. season was more of a wing. And but he's like a legit 6'11 and so you just it's just to me that just means you can do a lot with him. He's a lot smoother than Poku ever was. You know, as you a player, to. and just like more fluid, um, but, but yeah, you, you see great. the
3: difference between like guys like Usman and Poku, and like what we were watching with Chet in the highlights. Like <laughs> Chet as like a primary shot blocker is just like a different beast. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah like yeah. the way he uses his body because he he can get, bounce off of guys too mm-hmm. because he of his thin frame, but he's like, so good. at using those arms to still stay in the play. Where I feel like, especially you see this with Poku, a lot of times he will just kind of be disintegrated like at the rim Mm -hmm. by guys, and he gets his blocks other ways. Which makes me excited about that potential combo going forward. Like if you had Poku as more of, you know, let him do the weak side blocking like Surge back in the day, and then you have Chet as the main protector. Um, And maybe pairing him with Jang. Going forward could potentially work as well.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's the cool thing about this team is that there's so many interchangeable parts. Where there are very few players that are like, "Hey, this is the position you play, and that's the only position you can play."
3: You know, I think. Yeah, there are not very many guys like that.
2: I think like Dort is one of them, where he's just obviously like a wing. You know, he's but he's like oh, a six with his wing.
3: size. He defensively, he he can do more against. You know certain teams.
2: Yeah, that's true. And then Trey Mann would be the other one, I think. Yeah,
3: Trey is where it's probably it? limited. Yeah, he's just a sense. guard,
2: which is okay. Like you need players that can do the things that Trey does as well. Um, Isaiah Joe came in and played some good minutes too. He was three or four from the field, where which were all from three, and just kind of continues to be productive almost every time he's put on the court. And it's, I mean, you talked about it a little bit earlier, but. It's just nice having some shooting around the the league leader in drives. It's amazing. And it kind of goes to the idea
3: that we heard people talking about when uh, Detroit made the trade for Bogdanovich. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, obviously some people thought that was going to be like the thing that pushed them to the plane or whatever because they were the most bet over. But there were a lot of smart people saying, "Yeah, maybe this doesn't affect their win-loss total that much, but it's going to help the development of guys, of the young guys on their team, just by having a legitimate spacer." Yeah, I am not saying that Isaiah Joe is in the same class as Bogdanovich as a player, (laughs) but it's having a similar effect when he's on the court. Yeah, because when a guy's shooting 46% from three, like that is the type of thing that we were talking about these last couple of years where man if you could just have a r- realistic spacer on this team man that would help shea so much mm-hmm. and when you put two on the court with him and muscala because those guys i like really believe in even though i know muscala hasn't been shooting well this year like th- those lineups can be really excited and so i hope there's a role for those types of uh shooting role players going forward um there was a really good I don't know if we call it an article, blog post, a Substack post by uh, Oh, uh, Box and co- One. Yeah, Adam Spinella. Yeah, he wrote uh, two things about the Thunder. One about J Dub, but the other one about Isaiah Joe. And I just wanted to read the the closing paragraph here. Yep. he said the the conundrum for teams is quite clear during developmental seasons. Do they give the important reps to youngsters they have high hopes for, and draft based on their potential upside? Or do they find ways to value shooting role players that make it easier to identify star play and simplify the game for those stars? The answer isn't at either pole, but somewhere in between. Still, the danger in drafting so many young players is that it makes harder to justify the shooting role players like Isaiah Joe, who just make everyone's lives easier. And I think in past seasons... You know, I, I mean, I remember complaining about it and we talk about it on Twitter where we would win these like stupid games that ultimately didn't matter. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it was because Muscala would come in and be like a plus <laughs> 20 in 14 minutes. And as much as we love Muscala, like, yeah, when you talk about OKC's timeline, he's a little bit older than the other guys on this roster. Yeah. But with Isaiah Joe, it's like, this guy's 23. Yeah. What if he is like a legitimate? 45 percent three-point shooter who knows but if he really is like that is a piece that any team in the league would have to play in fact i went and looked i just went to nba.com backslash stats and just sorted by three-point percentage so uh isaiah joe taking 2.9 threes per game this year so i just made that the cutoff the he is by far playing the fewest minutes of the guys who are shooting let's just say over 40%. Like, Mm -hmm. I I mean, you can go down to the top 100 in three point percentage. The next lowest is Sam Hauser. Who's he's getting 17 minutes on the Boston Celtics on the best team in the league. So like Isaiah Joe can play for any of the teams and he, I think at least deserves Sam Hauser minutes, you know, like there's no reason why this guy shouldn't get like 16 to 20 minutes on a normal team. Yeah. The problem is with OKC like okay, who are you cutting? Cuz right. you legitimately have to like cut someone.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You likely
3: have to not play someone.
2: Yeah, who would it be? I mean that's that's the hard thing is. And also like you can say too if they were just trying to maximize wins this year only and that was the only goal. Uh I mean I think they'd play Isaiah Joe more. You know, you wouldn't waste time developing players, but that's not that, the that, case. That's just not where
3: they're at. And and that's what makes it so interesting. Think comparing this to last season, you know, we always talk about like when are they gonna pull the lever? Like, when are they gonna pivot? Mm-hmm. Like pivoting this year legitimately would mean playing Isaiah Joe more minutes. Yeah. Who we're talking about wanting to get more minutes.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So like I do yes, obviously if like Shay suddenly isn't playing, that's gonna be a, a huge determining factor. But if Isaiah Joe's suddenly getting twenty-five minutes a game, if Aaron Wiggins is suddenly getting twenty-five minutes a game, like I don't think that's going to be a huge drop-off in the way that it was last year when you're bringing in guys like Isaiah Roby or Teo Maladon or Viet Krejci, who was was playing in this game. Yeah, I was very surprised that Viet is just uh, is getting minutes. Good for him.
2: Yeah, I mean they're, they're, they have injuries. So yeah, they he, do. He plays, but yeah, I mean that's that is what's tough is like who amongst the. The players on this team that have a guaranteed contract, are you saying, man, they should probably not play as much as they do?
3: And I think the names that people will bring up, I'm not saying this is right. I'll explain the reasoning. They'll bring up Trey Mann just because he's playing poorly right now. Yeah, he's at a tough stretch. Or they'll bring up Dort because Dort offensively, who has been better over this recent stretch, there are times like in that game against Atlanta where for as good as he was defensively, there were some like really bad offensive plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the one in particular that I thought was going to cost them the game. I thought it was like a turning point <laughs> when Josh, and to be fair to Dort, Josh kind of waited a little, like a split second too long to make that pass yeah. to make it a little bit more contested. But Dort missed like a, a, a layup. And it went down the other side of the court and somehow they got, you know, Somebody missed the shot, and so it ended up not mattering as much. But that's that's the other name people bring up. Like, why is Dort playing thirty-two minutes? Mm-hmm. Why can't he play you know twenty-five minutes? Which may be his role when this team is fully formed.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, but I don't know. He he still offers so much defensively. He's so important to what they do defensively.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. They they need his point of attack defense to be competitive. And like that's yeah. why he plays, that's why he plays thirty minutes, especially against a team like this. But yeah, there's there are some rough offensive moments, you know, especially from three. I think he airballed a three pretty badly. He did. Um, yeah. You know, he's taken he just he just takes some really tough shots. Like he takes these runners, and we all know about his struggles at the rim. But he took a couple runners that just kind of clanged out during this game. We're just like, man, that just seems a little unnecessary, <laughs> you know? And
3: honestly, if he's taken 10 shots a game, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Like, who cares? Yeah. But when he's taken 16, when he's the, the second highest shot taker on the team, yeah, that's where it starts getting a little exhausting just because you know that you have someone like J-Dub who's super efficient yeah, and can barely get more than double-digit attempts most nights. yeah. And there's just other guys you would rather those shots go to. Yeah. And, I, and some of that is aggressiveness. Like Dort is aggressive. Like Dort's confident in himself. Definitely. And some of these other guys just aren't to that point okay. yet where they're willing to try to take over.
2: Yeah. And, and it's Dort, not even. Dort is definitely willing. Yeah. I don't even know if it's even like for J-Dub. It's, I think it's just a matter of him just like understanding what is and isn't an efficient shot for him. And like, you yeah. know, it's like, if, okay, that's not there. Let me pass it on. You know, Dort's like, everything feels good to me. You know, I'll do, I'll do it. I'll do anything, you know, I'll try anything. Right. And he's still developing. He's still only 23 years old. So, you know, I, you hate to like, a lot of people, it's easy to like, just put a ceiling on him and just like put a cap on him. Like, yeah, he's, he's done. He is who he is. But like Dork could still get better and still needs these developmental minutes, but it does feel like we're heading toward, you know, when Chet's back. And if the Thunder get like a top eight pick, or maybe they get lucky and it, jumps up to the top four if they get one of those picks in this next draft which i still think is pretty likely you know you're gonna people's roles are gonna change like the way we think about this team is gonna change a lot and especially i think dort who just cannot be the second leading scorer anymore when especially when it comes back if there's one thing that's frustrating
3: about this team right now in what has otherwise been a very enjoyable season it is that everyone else seems to be in a role that mm-hmm. might make sense in the future other than Dort. <laughs> like yeah. as much as I want to see J-Dub like explode, like the, the role he's in for a rookie makes sense.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: The, the, nothing really bothers me about that. The role all of these other guys are in really makes sense. I mean, even someone like Giddy, who I think they've managed much differently than they did last year, I think what they're doing there it makes sense. It's just Dort. It's just Dort where it feels like offensively, like when are we going to see him pull back a little bit? Yeah, just it, a little.
2: Yeah, not happening this season unless unless somehow like I th- I think honestly I think it's J Dub that would take him out of it. But yeah, I don't think they're gonna remove him from the starting lineup. They haven't done that all season, and. You know, I just I just think this is what it is for now. But things yeah. will things will have to change. Like they will have to. If they, they wanna have, have to. an if they wanna have an efficient offense, they have to obviously run things through Shea and Giddy, run things through J Dub, obviously. And then Dort is and we've talked about this before, but he's like dancing the Dylan Brooks line. And like which way is he gonna go? Is he going to be more of a role player or is he going to be more of what Dylan Brooks is for the Grizzlies where it's like, yeah, Dylan Brooks is, he's a good NBA player, obviously an NBA player that could play on a lot of different teams. And I think Dort is as well, but there's just times with Brooks where you're just like, man, you're doing too much. (laughs) Like we're, we're out here trying to win 50 games. We're out here trying to win (coughs) a playoff series. You know, um, this is not, this is not the way that we can, you know, this is not the way to go. And so I just wonder I just wonder about Dort and and if he can make that transition next season to becoming more of just like a role player who's like I take spot up shots, I attack in transition, if there's a closeout that makes sense, I'll attack that. Um but yeah, the shot selection stuff needs to be cleaned up for for Dort in the future. This year it's I'm kind of like, yeah, whatever. But next year when Chet Holmgren is in the lineup, it's like, okay, so it's time. It's time for you to, to change a little bit. You know, you've gotten paid. the Thunder brought you up, but like your, your real calling card is defense. And then we know you can score and we need you to score. You know, we can't have you be a non-scorer, but we need to find efficient shots for you somehow.
3: And I still think that for all, you know, this sounds really negative about Dort. He has had multiple games this season where he has played the role that we're talking about. Yeah. And it and it's all made sense. It's just sometimes when it, when it's bad, it sticks out in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's easy to talk about, but what do you think about the idea of a consolidation trade this season? Like in season this season? You, yeah. No, I'm not talking about like trading for a star, anything mm-hmm. like that. I just got a hair where would that hair come from. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not talking about like training for a star or anything. Yeah. I'm just talking about trying to clean up the roster a little bit before next summer because you're, you're going to have to do it at some point. Yeah. It's going to happen. I mean, yeah. looking at the uh, like, Poku is such an interesting example of this. A guy who we've been talking about for the majority of this season. Yeah. As having like, you know, kind of a breakout year for Poku. Yeah. It's been very exciting. Mm-hmm. You look at his game by game minutes played over this last stretch it's like eight minutes 27 minutes 17 minutes 20 minutes 13 minutes
2: mm-hmm.
3: um it, it's still been like very variable yeah and it's kind of nice having guys off the bench mark can go to when he thinks that poku isn't doing whatever he's he wants to do mm-hmm. but i just felt like the the minutes distribution in that game was like the best example of how tough this is yeah because bays didn't even play
2: didn't play? Probably shouldn't have played. Just saying.
3: And yet, Poku, 13 minutes. Usman Jang, 19 minutes. Mike Muscala, mm-hmm. 14 minutes. Trey Mann, 16. Isaiah O'Kan, Aaron Wiggins, 13. That, those are the guys off the bench. You know, yes, maybe at some point you make the change with Muscala. Yeah. Where he, you know, is, isn't playing significant minutes. I mean, he played. he was a plus 15 in 14 minutes. I was just talking about how there were games where... Mascala like basically won it for them yeah uh maybe that was one of those games but yeah finding minutes for all those guys as long as they all stay healthy is so tough and maybe that's what it is maybe there will be you know a two or three week injury i didn't even mention that kenridge didn't play in that game either i know um maybe there'll be a two or three week injury that just opens up minutes for one of these other bench guys and we can get a little bit more of an extended look
2: yeah yeah, it's kind of uh, wild when those guys don't play or when really there's there's a lot of times when like anybody doesn't play you're like man you don't sit back and say like, well, where's so and so or like where's you know yeah. even when Wiggins doesn't play like after it's typically after the game like oh yeah Wiggins didn't play you know Yeah but now it's like I don't know they just have a lot of really good players and they're not all they re- they're not all really good but they're just all players that I like I would Th- say They're
3: all they're all playable yeah, and they're all guys that we want to see play. I mean, it's so wild to think back of two years ago when Teo was getting like he put
2: the most minutes on the team.
3: Put the most minutes on the team. I think I forgot what it was. Oh, he's twenty. Oh no, that was for points. Never mind. He, he's the twenty eighth uh, highest score in Thunder history. Teo, uh, is... which I yeah, which I learned from the Poku Stat Tracker uh, Twitter account, <laughs> which I which I double checked to make sure it was true because it sounded so wrong but it is true. Yeah. Uh, that is so yeah. Weird. But it's wild to think like a, a prospect like Teo could get, you know, 30 minutes every night. Let's yeah. just see what we got here. We were, we were excited. Ooh, could this be a good backup point guard? Meanwhile, now we have guys like whether it's Wiggins or Isaiah Joe, where we're like, this could legitimately be like a top eight rotation guy yeah. on this team at some point, And they can barely get on the court.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even last year, you know, like Isaiah Roby played a thousand minutes for the Thunder. You know.
3: Oh, I know. And oh, the, and I think back to uh, when they had to waive him. There mm-hmm. were some reactions, Andrew, on Twitter.
2: Yeah, there were. There were some reactions. Yeah, Ty there were Jero- some
3: reactions on Twitter. Taj Jerome and... played eight
2: hundred minutes. You know, V. Creci played almost seven hundred minutes. Derek, I mean Derek Favors, who can't get a job right now, played seven hundred minutes for the Thunder last season.
3: Yeah, and then meanwhile, they replaced all of those guys. Yeah, with someone better. Yeah, they did not downgrade any one of those spots.
2: No, no, they did not. Yeah,
3: and Isaiah Roby is not shooting forty five percent from three this season. Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, we got Jay in the chat. Hi, Jay. Jay's in the chat. What's up, Jay? Jay, go to work. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here. So they play the Memphis Grizzlies tonight. It's. And it's a tough game. I mean, the Grizzlies just play well despite, you know, it doesn't really matter who's in the lineup. The other night they didn't have Ja or JJJ or Bane or John Conchar. No John Conchar either. And they still won. So I'm looking at the injury report now. I'm just interested to watch. I'm interested to watch the Thunder every night. They're just really fun. But right now the Grizzlies, Bane is still out. Um. But Ja is gonna play. JJJ is gonna play. So, do
3: you think Mark brings up the fact that we are only days removed from the one-year anniversary of the seventy-three-point loss in Memphis?
2: I think you put. It's a that's bulletin board material in the locker room. If if it's me,
3: it would be for me too. I want revenge.
2: Yeah. Which might just be a five-point loss. Yeah. Can we, right? can we? Can we lose by single digits, please? Yeah. Please
3: cuz that that is truly the only like real stain in my opinion like the national media will talk about all these other things about the OKC rebuild. Yeah. That game is really the only thing that bothered me just because it set the record. Yeah. And okay. so I want I want revenge for that. I want to feel good and so Yeah. Oh uh, I mean yeah
2: it, it came up uh, there's a uh, like a a channel in our Slack for the athletic. It came up in the NBA channel. You know, people like yeah. You're, and somebody write, history. Somebody want to write about this historical moment that the Thunder just completely crapped the bed. I really night. want. I really want
3: the Spurs to beat it because I do think they're bad enough.
2: They're really bad. They have a they like minus. I thought 10 they point had a
3: chance the other night, um, but they eventually got it together to only lose by like forty or whatever. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah. my gosh, they're so bad. <laughs> They, they are going to end up with one of the worst point differentials of all time.
2: Yeah. yeah if they, if they
3: continue on this track. What are they at right now? Let me see. They're right like
2: quick. minus 10 right now.
3: Minus 11.8. Okay. 11.
2: 11 now.
3: Shoot. So the worst for OKC was two years ago. They were minus 10.6. And that was, that's really bad. Like That's historically bad. I think that's in the top 10 yeah. for all time. 11.6. Like you're getting into rarefied air mm-hmm. at some point. Mm-hmm. I should look up what's what's the worst point differential of all time. I want to know. Um, It's got to be one of the Sixers teams or maybe the Bobcats. It's not the Sixers teams um, because it was the 1992-93 Mavs. Okay.
2: What about like the last 20 years?
3: In the last 20 years, uh, the the 2011-12 Bobcats Bobcats. is the first one. And then the 2013-14 Sixers.
2: Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. the The Thunder played the Grizzlies already this season in Memphis on the eighteenth of November. That was Shea's worst game of the season. He had fifteen you know, points, right? Fifteen points on eighteen shots. Uh, you have to think that Shea's thinking about that too, you know. And and I, and I
3: think he's gotten better since then. In fact, we didn't talk about it, but that Atlanta game. The the change from the first half to the second half because first of all give Atlanta credit I thought Clint Capella was like really good around the rim yeah and the shots that Shea did make in that first half were so ridiculous oh over over Clint Capella like the angles he had to shoot it at it was because awesome. of Clint Capella's length was super impressive so credit to Capella in the second half I looked it up. One investment he made was if I have an open lane, I'm just going to try to dunk it instead, yeah, and not even mess with these guys. And he had two dunk- dunks in that game, which may not seem like a lot, but he only has 11 on the season.
2: The, and they they felt different than most Shea dunks. Like most Shea dunks are just like I have really long arms and I'm just going to place it into the basket, right? You know, yeah. like he's apple picking or something. Like he like he really like slammed it. You know, that's not a that's a pretty rare thing for Shea to want to do so yeah that fe- it you, just you, felt different you go apple picking andrew uh, uh no no i have in not been apple picking i've been oh, okay. uh strawberry picking yeah
3: yeah berries are very big out here a yeah. lot of berry picking
2: berry picking is fun
3: we have a unique berry out here called the marion berry
2: what's a marion oh, in?
3: uh it's kind of like a combo of a blackberry and raspberry. oh is it is good it is is very good and you can get like marion berry shakes Oh. If you're around the Pacific Northwest, get something Marionberry. Ooh, I've,
2: I've, yeah. I'm very into that. I, I would, I'd be very, very into that. Um, yeah, that that dunk, the the fall after the dunk was kind of scary. It was terrifying, <laughs> terrifying. Thought his leg was gonna snap. <laughs> There's been a couple different times that Shay has had like these really terrifying falls, um, and this was definitely one of them where he's like hanging on the rim and just kind of lets go quickly as he dunks on a Kong Wu. Uh, Oh, I wanted to bring this up. A lot of people, one, they don't know how to talk about the Thunder. When they're forced to talk about the Thunder, because Shea is really good, or the Thunder on a winning streak, or whatever, people just don't know how to talk about them, and they just want to talk about how they like to rest guys. And I just want to point out that, like, that fall that Shay had and the hip yeah. bruise, like he, they could have legitimately sat him out because he didn't look like he was moving great. No, at, and no Thunder fan would have blinked an eye at that point. Against yeah, at some points against the Hawks he didn't look like he was moving great and you could tell like it's from that hip still. They're not trying to sit him. They're not trying to hold him back. Like they're trying to put this team out there. They want to see what they can do. And so I just wanted to point that out because I don't feel like anybody's pointing it out. I still feel like national media, when they're forced to talk about the Thunder, don't understand how to and they just want to talk about well just a matter of time before they sit Shea, you know? And it's like, they could have, they could have sat him during this stretch, this three game winning streak that could have been, you know, one and two pretty easily. If they would have just decided to sit Shea, they could have done that, but they didn't. They could have sat him at the beginning of the season when he had the meniscus injury. Yes. There's a lot of points
3: where they could have. The thing that people really don't get is last year because People chalk it up and act like it's the same as the first year yeah when he played like 35 games mm-hmm. he played 56 games last year the 10 of those was at the very end of the season yeah when they were like 23 and 59 or something and then the other 10 was when his foot literally went sideways oh it was his, so his, bad the bottom of his foot was uh perpendicular to yeah. the ground yeah and that was right before the all-star break so they rested him to the all-star break yeah and so like I always just want to ask people, like, does it really bother you if a team sits a player in, like, the last 10 games of the season? Yeah. Like, does that really bother you? Because th- if that's all it is, then I think that's a really dumb thing to get Then you're uh, bothered by about. the
2: end of every NBA season for the last 50 years.
3: Yeah, who cares? Like, yeah. if a team is that far out of the playoffs, what is the point of playing a guy? Now, this, in this season, there actually might be reason to because if Shea legitimately has a shot at all NBA, yeah. maybe he does keep playing to, to continue to rack up the stats. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I'm very interested to see how they handle the second part of the season, yeah, me too. which is in part going to be dictated by how they do the rest of December, mm-hmm. um, which they're off to a very good start, Andrew. Very well, good start. It's
2: a very good start. He, also, if you had asked somebody, hey, any random person that doesn't follow the Thunder, who led the Thunder in minutes last year? uh, wait—is it Shay? It's Shay. Shay led the oh, Thunder really? in minutes last year. I don't think anybody acknowledges that. I don't think anybody even knows that. I didn't even know that. I mean, it just there's just a lot of things that are just actually just kind of lazy. <laughs> Whatever. That's, you...
3: that's why, like, if they somehow made the playoff play in, yeah, so I get it. Uh, the, the, you know, not. Optimizing your draft pick, I get all that. I know what the downside is. I'm. I, it would bother me at some point, but you have to admit there is some upside, and part of that upside is being able to say things like, "Hey, OKC got back to the playoffs quicker than the Grizzlies, who everyone loves." Yeah. The, it took the Grizzlies three seasons of not getting there to eventually get there. Yeah. If if OKC really does make it as the tenth seed after only two seasons. People are going to feel so dumb for wasting so much time on this team. They Again, should. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. I don't think they're going to end up in the playoffs. But, it could, but, but like it could happen. It could happen. And that is the one little uh, uh, sliver of hope for, for the tank heads out there. Yeah. We'll, well, something nice for you that would happen in addition to getting to see a playing game. Uh, it would
2: be f- I mean, that would be really fun. Honestly, like I would, it would, be very I would really like to cover that. I think that would be just a joy. I think it would just be really, really fun and i pure joy who knows they they may they probably lose in that game and like then it's just whatever but i don't know i think there would just and also it would just like fully stamp like hey thunder ahead of schedule
3: ahead of schedule
2: you still have
3: meanwhile Detroit will be finishing their fourth straight year of like 25 or fewer wins of
2: misery and maybe they get the number 1 pick and it's like yeah this is great they did the right thing now they have Cade and Wimby like you're you're set for the next you know 15 years of your franchise congratulations or maybe they get like the fourth pick and it's just like yeah. oh what are we doing here um yeah i i don't think i think the thunder will pick somewhere between 6 and 10 in the draft that's that's what i think will happen um but you have to acknowledge like at this point in the season that they're not trying to sit shea they're not trying to to do all the things that people just lazily talk about um and like this season sitting guys
3: like muscala and kenrich which they did do last year yeah that all of a sudden like isn't really a tank move i mean it is it is in some ways but man wouldn't it be nice to open more minutes for some of these other guys that we were we've been talking about yeah like it is is not going to be the same you know going from a to roby or going from kenrich to whoever veet was playing last year like is just not going to be the same gabby deck gabby deck name i haven't thought about in a long time. Yeah,
2: Gabby Deck was on. The we thunder. spent
3: a lot of airtime minutes <laughs> talking about Gabriel Deck. Do you remember? Oh, I remember. I've had. <laughs> Even... Do you think there? Do you think there are any Deck fans like from Argentina who? You know, obviously, we're excited about it at the time, but but stuck around, and they are still Thunder fans. Do you
2: think I don't know. Let us know. Let us know if if that if that's a thing. That would be if deck cool. was
3: your gateway drug to Thunder basketball. Yeah. I would love to know that. Yeah, that we held on to at least one deck fan.
2: That would be amazing. That would make me feel very good. From what I understand, the deck fans were not happy with the Thunder during his that was also
3: my understanding
2: and neither was anybody in his camp who i talked to on the reg right after he got waved because they were so unhappy with things um it was just really funny just a really kind of bizarre portion of thunder history you know just It, it it what that two seasons ago feels like worlds away yeah, remember when they were bringing him over and they were paying all this money for him and you know, yes. it's like we really want to get a look at Gabby Deck and it was like, "Yep, he's uh he's not very good."
3: <laughs> and there's a part of me that's trying to be uh yeah. realistic and like, "Well, maybe we're having dumb conversations now that we'll look back on and that will seem Completely ridiculous. Like maybe yeah. Isaiah Joe isn't a forty-five percent shooter. Maybe he goes back down to what he's been the last couple seasons. Yeah. Maybe these guys aren't all rotation NBA players yeah. because we felt the same thing back in the day about a lot of those guys. Yeah,
2: I, I think that will be the case. I do think that we'll look back and be like, man, I don't know why I believed all that about Aaron Wiggins or I don't know why I believed all of that about Trey Mann. You know, I like, remember all the Trey Mann hype. You know, like, like who, who, Somebody is not going to work out in this group. You know. But it feels realer. It does, it does feel real, And I do <laughs> think I
3: was dumb two years ago in <laughs> We just didn't have a lot to work with, Andrew. We no, had to we come up not. with I something to I, talk I'm about. With
2: you. I'm with you. Yeah, there, we, we needed things to talk about. And, you know, thank God for Gabby Deck. That's all I have to say.
3: I mean, the second half of that season two years ago, remember, there was no Shea. They hadn't drafted Giddy yet. Oh, my gosh. I mean, we were watching... Bad Poku, in retrospect, bad Poku. At the time, we were like, "Oh, this is much better than beginning of the season Poku when he didn't yeah. even look
2: like an NBA player." I know we were watching a lot of Teo Maladon. There's no fans in the stands. No fans in the stands. I was going, I was going to these games. They'd hand us a box lunch or a box dinner. I'd go sit in a see-through cubicle to watch these oh, basketball yeah, was... games, <laughs> and like I'd have to like lean back in my chair to like talk to Royce. Who is not working with the team yet, or to Joe or to Brandon Rubar, whoever's sitting there with me? Um, it's just really funny, like to think about. that like, that was not that long ago, you know. Where we're yeah, adding... I'm just
3: looking at a random game, so it was Bays, Teo, Moses Brown, Dort, and Roby as the starters. Oh my god, that is that's a big lineup. That is Bays, Moses Brown, and I think Roby. That is gross. That, that is, is big. So and then off gross. the bench off the bench josh hall ty jerome this was not even like the last game of the season yeah josh hall ty jerome jalen horde svima Luke, and Gab- gabby Deck. that is so bad oh gabby deck had 16 points in this game i mean hey andrew maybe he can be something this is a four-point <laughs> loss to the kings let's just go back and do <laughs> podcasts from the past i'm gonna do the oral history of gabby deck <laughs> yeah it'll be a <laughs> 10 part youtube series that we're gonna put out
2: oh my gosh, it's so weird and like now like Baisley doesn't play at all even last year that seemed like improbable because he started so many games last year yeah and now it's like yeah he doesn't play and you're like yeah seems right seems yeah right i, that I didn't
3: really notice it. no i noticed it in what was that game oh the spurs game when they scored like 70 whatever points yeah, yeah, in the first yeah. half that was the game where it felt like, oh, I wonder if they will play Bays because it does seem like we need somebody else who can play defense. And they did eventually play him. But, yeah, in that, that Hawks game, I wasn't thinking about Bays during that game. I didn't really notice that he wasn't playing.
2: Yeah, he started 53 games last year, Darius Baisley did. 53 out of the 69 that he played. I mean, that's kind of crazy. This season, he's only played 18 games, has started zero and has only played two hundred and eighty minutes total. I mean he played wild. he made he played almost two thousand minutes last year.
3: Times are changing, Andrew. Times this is, are changing this is, a, this is an enjoyable season of Thunder basketball.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Uh okay, we're gonna take a quick break right after that. We're gonna we're gonna talk about uh some more Thunder stuff, I guess. All right, we'll, we'll be right back. Okay, we're back after that quick. Oh, break. hey, Andrew, I have a question. Hey, let's hear it.
3: I haven't, I haven't listened to it yet. So, this is the part of the pod where Andrew tells me what the low post was about. Mm. Now, I, 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 somebody in the comments reminded me, yeah, uh, Yanni and Seth Justice. Uh, he had Jonathan Gavoni on and mm-hmm. they talked you, kind of young guys. What was your impression of their opinions of some of the Thunder Young guys?
2: They're big on, on J Dub. Big on Jalen yeah. Williams, like that was kind of the guy they highlighted, and then they they started to talk about Usman. They talked about Usman Jang too, but you could tell that like Zach just didn't know how to talk about Usman Jang yet. <laughs> I not about Usman <laughs> Jang, um, which is okay. Like that's totally fine. Um, most national people should not know how to talk about Usman Jang yet, uh, but they talked about Jalen Williams and how. It, it was just cool. Gavoni, you can tell, really likes what the Thunder are doing and really hates what the Rockets are doing, which is just like, it just, that just feels good. If you're looking for a feel-good day, and I don't typically try to promote ESPN podcasts because it's a direct competition, but go listen to it. I know you're listening to it anyways, but go listen to it. It's, it is a, it's an enjoyable listen. The first half is a Lakers pod, which, like, yeah, you can skip right on through that, but... Listen to the Gavoni section. He talks about the Rockets and how, like, he just doesn't understand what their plan is. <laughs> Low keeps trying to like pump up some of their guys that they drafted last year. Um, he keeps trying to pump up Jabari Smith, and then Gavoni just keeps like saying like, "Well, yeah, that's true, but you can still see all the warts that were there before, you know." And like yeah. keeps like talking about how Jabari can't dribble and Jabari can't score within the arc at all. And like, doesn't play with any aggression and like, you know, the, how few of dunks that he had in college last year and how he just, you know, is not a presence inside whatsoever. And so he just he kept talking about that. He called Desha Nick's fat, uh, which is really fun. Wow. And then when they went to talk about the Thunder, he's like, yeah, like you can see what they're trying to do. You can see what they're building. And I I really like this this moment in particular, I thought was really good because I was saying um, sometimes and I do this and my my kids think I'm an insane person, but sometimes I'm like walking around the house like doing a chore and listening to a podcast and I'll just start talking, like like talking back to the podcast. Oh Um, and it's uh yeah, I'm insane. But yeah. (laughs) Anyways. uh, Zach was like, Well, you know, Jalen Williams isn't really a typical Thunder player that they draft. You know he's not really a guy that he's he's not a guy that the Thunder draft. He you know he's not crazy athletic. He doesn't have crazy length. And I that's that's the moment where I started talking. You know I just started talking back, to arguing the pod, to the podcast. I'm like, listen, no, like he actually is a typical Thunder player. Things times are changing, Zach. Like you missed the train. Like this is the this is the typical Thunder player. Like guys that know how to handle and make decisions. And then Gavoni just like just slides right in and like says almost everything that I was trying to say. <laughs> Oh wow! So he was
3: listening to you. <laughs> he was. He heard me.
2: He heard me. I felt heard in that moment.
3: No. Well, the only, the only non-thunder thing about J Dub is his age. Like I feel like when you're looking at sure who they've t- typically taken in those
2: spots, that's the only thing that really stands out to me. Length, though, I mean, he's got seven yeah. two wingspan. And that's and that's yeah. where Gavoni was like, no, no, no. He's got seven two wingspan. And Zach was like, he's got a seven two wingspan. You know, it was. Uh, <laughs> it's great it was very enjoyable and there's been there's been a lot of good content a lot of people are noticing you know jalen williams and what he's done and which is kind of cool because his counting cool. stats aren't there's, like,
3: they're, they're not going to blow you away yeah they're not and eye so, popping yeah yeah so the fact that people are talking about him in that way is, is exciting you bringing up uh houston yeah why don't you just real quick uh Refresh our memory of, of some of the picks we have going forward and think about those teams, how they're doing right now, because I think it'll make you feel better. <laughs> uh, so Houston, obviously, we got their pick next year, protected one through four. I, I feel like I'm still like, iffy on that pick because I don't totally know what they're going to do.
2: I don't, I, I don't know that there's a scenario, unless they use – the only scenario is they use their cap space – Right, that's get, that's the question. To go get somebody. Like, that's the, only, that's the only thing. If they just draft somebody and carry on with what they're doing, they're going to be a bottom four team again. Like, stamp it. I don't care if it's Wimby. I don't care if it's Scoot Henderson. I don't care who it is. Yeah. You can just rubber stamp bottom five team. Agree. Then we have the 24
3: first-round pick from Utah, which is protected one through 10. That kind of feels like that'll probably convey in 24. I mean, we'll see.
2: He very well it, could if they if
3: if they don't make a huge pivot trading away multiple guys,
2: you could get that could yourself, very likely convey. could cook yourself the 16th pick or something.
3: Yeah, and then the one that's starting to feel a little bit juicier for me is the 25th rounder, Miami. Yeah, because yeah, I've, Miami's... I was
2: thinking about this last night <laughs> as I'm watching Miami lose to Detroit.
3: Yeah, so they're not looking good right now, and it's less about this season because remember the the way this becomes valuable is Miami needs to be a lottery team in 25 yeah, so that you get it unprotected in 26. Mm -hmm. This is so far away. Mm -hmm. It's probably not going to happen because, yeah, it feels like things are rough right now, but they'll probably do some free agent thing and it'll all work out. Yeah, exactly. But right now, that's feeling kind of good. The other one that's feeling kind of good is that 25 Philly pick, (laughs) who is also looking like a mess. We have their 25 pick only protected one through six in
2: 25. Yeah, that that feels really good too. Yeah, that Philly team is an absolute mess. Harden will not be good by then, guaranteed. Like absolutely guaranteed will not be good. And they they don't have Tyrese Maxey right now and like you can you can you notice it like pretty significantly. That game against the Rockets was one of the grossest basketball games I've ever watched. It was so bad. When it went into overtime, I'm just like, "No." no i don't i don't want to watch one more second of this game it was so bad so yeah so i'm i'm overall
3: and i didn't even mention the clippers picks they're kind of up in the air but yeah you can't feel like even if you're excited that Kawhi was back and that they beat the charlotte hornets you still got to feel weird about like when is this ever going to be real is this ever going to be real yeah, I, the downside with those picks is that it it also doesn't feel like they're ever going to bottom out completely. Yeah, but.
2: yeah. I was going to say they may end up that twelfth pick may have been the highest that we get. Right. Yeah, which but, is fine. Yeah, and if I mean honestly, like you just look at that trade, and one you you're kind of like, hey, Sam, good job making sure that you took Jalen Williams with one of the Clippers picks. Because it just yeah, I don't it don't make that trade. It look makes really the good. trade look yeah. even more ridiculous. Like if if the trade was just Shea and J Dub, and like that's it, you would be like, oh my gosh, the Thunder absolutely uh, like they just absolutely fleeced the Clippers. And like Trey Man's in it, and like Trey hadn't played well, but we have seen like Trey as like one of the filthiest stepbacks in the league. He just needs to get back on track. But then you include all the future picks, and you're like, holy smokes. Like, this could be, like, one of the best trades of all time, (laughs) you know, for for a team. And it's not, like, it's different than, obviously, this is different than, like, the Kwame Brown for Pau Gasol. Like, that's probably, like, tops, or it's just, like, how did they pull this off, you know? Like, the Clippers obviously got a really good player. They went to the Western Conference Finals, yada, yada, all that's great. You know, things have not turned out the way the Clippers have wanted you know that that Western conference finals run was really fun but it never felt like oh they're they're on their way to the finals like they're going to steamroll the finals it felt like oh that's cool that they made it this far like congratulations to them they paid a very steep price and are and, are, and it's still not clear what that looks like if they have a, another year like maybe Kawhi's done Paul is hurt and like who knows like all a lot of the role players they have now are older you know, past their prime. And it's like, what do they even look like in two seasons? Like, I don't I don't have any clue. It could be actually kind of brutal where, like, the pick swaps that they do have moving forward actually would convey where the Thunder are better than the Clippers. I mean, the Thunder have a better point differential or a better net rating and point differential than the Clippers today, so.
3: And they're so hamstrung because even in two seasons, you have two $49 million player options for PG and Kawhi, but then you still... Learn- you still have two more years of Norman Powell. This is in the 24-25 season. They're still going to be paying Norman Powell 19 million that year and 20 million the following year. Yikes! I say hamstring them because even though he's a good player, like even at that point, like Marcus Morris could be off the books. Roko Batum, like John Wall, all, all these guys, guys could be off retired the books.
2: honestly in two years. And,
3: and they still wouldn't have room. Yeah. To make like a major
2: move. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's looking. Good for the Thunder. Not as good as like <laughs> not as good as Lakers picks for the Pelicans. No, no, no. You know, that would,
3: that, man, we would have a, a separate podcast if we owned that Lakers pick. I would. St- it would just be a separate Lakers down to dunk podcast. I so would, would start it. Follow the Lakers. I would
2: start a permanent Tuesday podcast if we had that would be a blast. Lakers picks.
3: Just yeah. reviewing the week in Lakers.
2: Yeah, I just we'd be the same show every week where we just read out what's going on with the Lakers, <laughs> yeah. with, what their record is, you know that they're not, I mean, oh my gosh, it's crazy. Even if that's just like, and that could end up just being like the 12th pick again, but. I hope if, it is. If you're a team like the Pelicans and you get to the 12th pick, it's like sim. I mean, it's even crazier than the Thunder just because they're a little bit farther down the road than OKC is. But, you know, what do you, last thing. So the, the Pelicans are in a similar position to the Thunder. They're obviously a better team. They're further down the road they've what they did last year was really impressive and really fun. And they've got a lot of really good players, but if you could swap rosters today and swap situations with the Pelicans today, would you do it?
3: Um, Oh, so I get the Lakers pick too. Yeah. I get all there You get every. Yeah. You get everything. You yeah. get everything. Yeah. I mean, I think if Chet was healthy and playing, yeah. I I might lean OKC, but uh yeah, the combo of Zion who is healthy and is starting to play really well along with what is probably the deepest roster. I mean, we talk about OKC having feeling like they have a deep roster. They have like real New depth. Is real like guys you can play in the playoffs depth. Yeah. And you get the bonus of whatever this Lakers pick is going to be. Yeah. Like, for right now, i probably go New Orleans. Now, if if that ends up being the 12th pick and it's just, you know, and then Chet comes back next year and is looking like the dreams I have of Chet, Mm -hmm. plus whoever they get in the draft, you know, maybe I swing the other way. But I I don't want to discredit what New Orleans has built.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. As of today, I would definitely take what New Orleans has. Would you rather have Shea or Zion?
3: Uh I th- I think I'd rather I think I'd rather have Shay. Yeah. 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 I see the argument both ways.
2: I just think I just think you need to see health. The health stuff is yeah. scary. Is a lot more scary for Zion than it is for Shay.
3: Yeah, if and, and a lot of it with Zion comes down to who he's being paired with. With I feel like that's less of a question with Shay. Although I know we have those questions with Giddy. Uh, but Shea feels like much easier to fit into multiple different styles. Yeah. Um, whereas with Zion, I kind of want to know who is going to be his like front court mate of yeah. the future. Yeah. Yeah. You got to have. Before you, I totally commit,
2: you have to have a great defender. You have to have someone yeah. that can shoot it a little bit.
3: But I totally understand if people think that's dumb and they would say Zion immediately. Yeah. Because I, I do think Zion is a very special player and is game breaking in the way yeah. that we talk about, you know, these kind of like real unicorn players. Like I think Steph is like a real unicorn player who like has broken the game. And I think Zion can be that type of game breaking player in the same way that people talk about Wembenyama.
2: Yeah. 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 I, I, th- I just am saying that it's more of a question than it was last year. Like last year it would have been like, oh yeah, like give me, give me the the situation with the Balkans like all day, every day. Over what OKC has done, but they the, uh, this is just to say like OKC's made a lot of progress in the last. They have, year. and it,
3: yeah, and it feels like real progress. It does not feel like someone has just gotten you know a tenth man has gotten hot from three. Right, I know that some people might say that about Isaiah Joe. It's <laughs> not. It's not true. He is this good.
2: <laughs> oh man, uh, thanks so much for listening to our show. Enjoy the uh, the Memphis game tonight. Hopefully, it's not another debacle. Uh, Coach Mark, I hope that he's squinting and looking at, looking at the players tonight before they go out there and squints real hard and tells them, don't lose by double digits tonight, fellas. Not even double digits. Please don't even do it. Maybe let's even, win by seventy three. How about that, guys? The, you know, guys, we're gonna flip the script. We're gonna win by seventy three tonight. <laughs> It'll be unbelievable. Uh, Zaire Williams supposed to come back tonight. Possibly he's questionable. So. That's kind of cool. All right. Thanks so much for listening to our show. We will talk to you guys again on Friday.